Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the hour. Man, it's going to be a cool day today, Jared. Do you know what today is? Uh, the the SEC schedule release uh, Wrong, thing, it's that's... Flag Day. Well, I knew that. Okay, no, it is <laughs> SEC schedule release day. It's both, actually. It is Flag Day. You're I just right. saw a. Uh, I feel bad. I was driving in, saw all the flags. Thought, oh, Flag I Day. Forgot to fly my flag. June fourteenth, Flag Day. Um, I just saw this with regards to the SEC schedule release. Peter Burns, ESPN. He's kind of tied in with the SEC network there as well. Each of the fourteen current members will play either Texas or Oklahoma in that first year. Right. So that's that's gonna happen. So everybody will see one or the other in the first year. Um, I want it's gonna be eight game conference schedule. Schedule. There's when you start reading into it, there there really is a pretty big advantage when it comes to who wins the national title. Could that just be hmm. because the SEC is in an eight game schedule, or does that actually benefit fit them more than you realize over the long grueling season? So I think when you look at nine-game conference schedules, it's only been Clemson and Florida State over the past like 18 years, I believe, that have won the title. Everything else has been eight gamers, and a big part of that is SEC. Mm. So how long is it going to stay eight? Will it go to nine? Who do you think will be Oklahoma and Texas's first SEC game? Where? Who? We'll talk about that. Uh, coming up at 9.30, we're going to have our man Leland. Leland Searcy with Officials versus Cancer, their golf tournament coming up Friday. Yes. I unfortunately can't, was going to play with our man Jeremy Gray. I can't due to the house situation. Oh, man. Uh, but he's going to come on and talk about what they got going on at John Conrad coming up Friday. And then right off the top, we'll do our U.S. Open preview. Golf tournament starts tomorrow out at L.A. Country Club. Fascinating because it's like one of those places that's kind of shrouded in mystery because you've never seen it. It hasn't hosted a tour event since the 1940 LA Open. It held the 2017 Walker Cup and the 2013 Pac-12, which you know those are not necessarily marquee events as far as the televised golf world. So this is going to be cool to see. I uh, can't wait. Uh, we'll break down the US Open right here off the top. Make cool. our picks: top three in order, and also a dark horse outside the top 25 in the official world golf rankings. Two two five nine six nine eight is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, choose to text. Talking about any of those things, you got something else on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. If you're outside the listening area, catch us online, kadsam.com. You can download the app. It's free. It's got everything. Three radio stations. It's got the Penny News, brand new edition of that Penny News. Hits the website tonight at midnight. That's the Penny News, or last night, I'm sorry, thepennynews.com. Uh, also, 
Big Elk and Paragon TV in there, and of course the Skinny on Sports podcast. You can find where any podcast drops, basically all across that note, all across the the internet. Hi, Jared. What's up? How are you? I got bad news. What is it? I mean, I did not have a good night. What's wrong? Started mowing. Mm-hmm. Started raining. Really? Right, and I'm thinking. First, start off little sprinkles. Like, no big deal. I've done this before. I can just blow on through it. No big deal. And then it just, a, a deluge, just started pouring on me. I had to quickly get the mower into the garage. Huh. And I look at my phone, thinking, okay, there has to be, I mean, I missed something. I, I saw the clouds, but I th- saw the rain chances weren't till later in the evening. Like, I, what did I miss? I looked at my radar, and it's one little green and yellow storm situated right over the small community of Canute. I was say that was interesting because it never even rained here. Yeah, really. Well, I mean, right there, and you you know <laughs> it loops it. You know, it just formed. Came up right there. Huh. Once it was done, it was too late. It was already dusk, and it would then it uh, was just too wet. So half my lawn is mowed. It looks ridiculous. So dumb. Can't do it tonight. I got practice with the girls. I got a rotary auction tomorrow and Friday. So maybe Saturday. And then I'm just going to have to start all over again because it's going to grow by then. So you've got got like a uh, secondary cut of rough and an intermediate cut of rough right now uh, in your yard. And it is rough, let me tell you. I'm I'm ashamed. (laughs) Dakota's going to drive by and take pictures and share them with everybody. Why don't you just get on my mower and take care of it? If you got time to go by my house and take pictures, why don't you just stop and mow it for me? I'll leave the door unlocked or the barn unlocked. You can mow it for me. Yeah, anyways. But uh, And look out for my wife. She's at it again. You know, I'm back in my car, back in yeah, my truck. Yeah, I noticed truck. the truck was I'm here. back in my truck. She got her car back, got all the hail damage fixed, and immediately, first day she gets it back, she hits a rabbit on the way to uh, drop off the girls this morning. <laughs> she said don't tell the kid that tra- i traumatized earlier <laughs> i uh, said well, what about our kids they, she goes they didn't notice and i didn't say anything <laughs> oh man then i forgot it's flag day i mean i've just been piling it on today wascally rabbit yeah she said they just dart out of nowhere <laughs> uh it's like maybe take the foot off the gas yeah, and yeah. slow down <laughs> yeah that deal to the left is the brake <laughs> There's, there's more, more than more than one pedal on oh, that car. Oh man, the animals are just getting bigger. First a squirrel, then a rabbit. What's next? <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> not she's saying. No, she's hit a turkey before. Kind of flew over her, and she, it didn't clear the car, and it hit the top of her car. Well, you're not. Sp- the good news is, don't swerve for. <laughs> she birds. does not swerve. Doesn't swerve for anything. She doesn't swerve for anything. Apparently, whatever you do, don't get in front of her, Jared. My it might goodness. Be the end. My goodness. <laughs> Uh, I see her come around the corner. If I'm outside, I grab the dog. Come here. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, well. <laughs> anywho. It's going to be, how, a, long, be your, a long night at your house if she hears this. Nah, it's fine. She's used to it. She's used uh, evening, to it. we played golf. Didn't play very good. Yeah. In the scramble. But there wasn't a winner, so that's good news. Carry over for next week. Some people played good, just was not me. Had fun though. Another br- beautiful night. Oh, if I it know. wasn't getting, if you weren't getting rained on, we had a booster meeting. We had it outside underneath our porch. It was so nice. Had to deal with the mosquitoes though. Yeah, those they're going to be as big as. Yeah, they're going to be. Speaking of turkeys. Yeah, they're going to be big. 
But man, just amazing how little. Uh, and I know I shouldn't say this, but how little wind there's been. Yeah. Golly, I don't remember this stretch of days. I mean, it's been almost a month straight where the wind has been very, very, and, very and light. Low average temperatures. Yeah. Above average rain. I, mean, I like it. I mean, I don't. I'm not complaining by any means. Now I think next week though they're calling for some warmer temps. Oh, you just think your grass is growing right now. Wait till it's 90 with all the moisture that's yeah. going around. Yeah, and when it gets warmer, we're not going to have that dry heat either. It's going to be that muggy heat, I'm afraid. Yep, for next week. Yep. You know what next week is? Um, next week is the golf tournament. That's correct. The KUCO Open. Right. Do Friday. we still have openings? For the, oh yeah. For the championship. Champ. Come okay. on down. KECOFM.com. Still can get in there. Uh, dinner on Friday night, about 8 o'clock after the horse race. It's going to be up near the new clubhouse, just to the south of it. So, you know, the parking lot's north. There's in between the clubhouse and like number 10T. There's a bunch of okay, area there. Right with, there? Yeah, with you know, turnarounds for carts and, and all that kind of stuff. So, we're gonna, that's where the dinner's going to be. It's going to be a good time. Good times will be had by all. Uh, Poppies is going to be the caterer again. They're, that food was great. awesome last, last year. Man, I'm, I, before the rain hit. Yeah, speaking of rain, doesn't rain all summer except that one time. Yeah, that was literally maybe the only time it rained all summer yeah. was that Friday night. But next, next Friday. Checked, have you checked the forecast? For, I haven't looked that far uh, the, in advance. The extended forecast. I'm about to check that out. All I saw was hot. Yeah, they're calling starting for, tomorrow. For heat. Starting tomorrow in the 90s, near 100 by Monday. All right, U.S. Open coming up. Starting, speaking of tomorrow, the U.S. Open will tee off out at L.A. Country Club. Man, I am excited about seeing this golf course. It is one of the most exclusive kind of mystery-shrouded places because it is so exclusive. As I mentioned, 1940, the last time the tour had an event there, the L.A. Open. It hosted the Walker Cup in 2017, 2013 Pac-12s, which uh, that day the – the course record was set during that 2013 Pac-12 tournament. Do you know who set it? Uh, Our no. participant in the field. Oh, really? Who? Max Homa. Oh. Okay. It was his first collegiate win as a senior, and then he'd go on to win the well, – uh, That might change my picks Go on to win bit. the national champion, the individual, a couple weeks later. Yeah, Red Knights will be cooking burgers out there at the out golf the, tournament as at well. At the Open? Cool. It's one of the one of the cool things that uh, the tournament does – is to be able to to give some back to the Dream League and the Red Knights through that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, anyhow, and so I, I can't wait to see it. Here, here it's it's an interesting place. Just like looking at pictures and, and hearing comments from the players. So five par threes, ten par fours, and three par fives. Five par threes. The seventh and the eleventh can play near three hundred yards. Par threes. So mm. we're talking about three wood. Into par threes. That's a par three, yeah. That's but a then big the, par three. The fifteenth can play as little as seventy-eight yards. So just flip wedge. Uh, number six is going to be a hole that is talked about. It is awesome. There's so many different choices on. You can kind of lay up, but everything is like this giant mound, and then the green is pretty narrow. And there's trouble all around it, so you just you just bomb it down there by the green and hope you get lucky with a lie and try a wedge shot. I mean, it's cool. It's gonna be one of those holes that you're gonna remember. Like, man, that hole was cool. What would I have done when you see it? And then, different than almost every West Coast golf course, 
the rough is actually Bermuda. Oh, wow. Which here, if you play golf, you know when the rough, the Bermuda rough gets tall, the ball just goes straight down. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's almost like a bird's nest kind of effect sometimes. Well, out there, it's not as hot, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 more it's not as uniformly grown growing in it's kind of sparse hmm. so i think you get there's going to be chances to get lucky and unlucky and that might play a huge factor you know hit hit one offline off the tee you might have a chance it'd be kind of thin and it might not so that, that's something that we don't see very often in the u.s opens is a lot of times you hit it in the rough and you can't see it yeah no matter you know unless you hit it where people are staying like I mean, hit it so offline right but yeah you're out in the gallery but here, I think it's going to give you options, and and that can be good or bad, you know. So that's the the course itself is going to be so interesting. I can't wait to like see it. I mentioned the other day, right above the thirteenth green to the fourteenth tee box, uh, the Playboy Mansion. You can actually hear the monkeys that are still there. Is it still a thing? It's not a thing. It's not like what you think of as the Playboy Mansion and the Grotto and all that. No, no, no. But it's still there. I think just kind of the animals are still there. And I mentioned uh, um, uh, there's stories of monkeys like biting people on the 14th green, uh, 14th tee. They get over there looking too close. Anyhow, so that's kind of well, the monkeys just roam free around there. I think so. I just got them kind of. I mean, you know, there's anyway, they're there. Storylines. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait! The, the monkeys just roam free well, I mean, around they, the fourteenth. Well, that's, that's where the. I mean, they've got like nets or whatever where they can't get out, or cages. So or what? Whatever. People are going and putting their fingers in there. They to might, pet yeah, the monkeys, just messing with the monkeys they, and bam, you get bit. It's just that this is the stories that you hear reading about this golf course. No bunnies, just monkeys. Bunnies are gone. The bunny. Oh, that's a shame. The bunnies and the, this joke was made on the text line earlier this week, and we talked about this. The bunnies and the cougars are gone. Uh, well, the monkeys remain. The grotto there. Can you just get in, take a quick dip if it's too hot. Get in the pool. Probably. I want to know the history. I don't know if the th- if the Playboy he, Mansion is like a thing anymore. Is it just a residence now? Uh, I think it's. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't even know if it's a residence. I think it might just be there. Is it like a museum or a tourist attraction? Can you get tours of it? I don't think so. I think it's just there, man. Is Wait. it for sale? <laughs> Very curious. We're talking about the US Open, not well, the Well, on the, well, on the rundown here, it's like, am I excited to see LA Country Club? Not maybe for not the same reasons you're excited, like you just mentioned. I'm just curious about the Playboy Mansion. Let's see, Jared. What is the current affairs of the Playboy Mansion? What does it look like? Opens at 9 a.m. So maybe, okay. Maybe it is a thing you can just go visit. It sold in 2016. I remember that. He was still alive when it Mm. sold. I remember that made headlines. I wonder who bought it. Anyways. It's under the Permanent Protection Covenant after the sale. Metropolis bought the mansion. Metropolis, what is that? Some kind of some kind of real estate company. C. Dean Metropolis and Company Hmm. intends to renovate and restore the mansion to its original form. 
Darren Metropolis, the owner of the Playboy Mansion, entered into an agreement with the city of Los Angeles permanently protects the mansion from demolition. Permanent protection covenant. I mean, is and it's binding to anybody that owns it in the future. So I think basically what he did, this guy, they bought it, they made this agreement with the city of Los Angeles, and now they're going to restore it. Okay. I mean, it is, and like I would a, assume restore a, it for maybe like a museum. Yeah, type it purposes. is a national treasure. Yeah, it's a. It should be labeled as a historical ah. building, right? Darren Metropolis, cool name by the way. Co-owner of Hostess, like the, the like the snack cakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. So there you go. That's what's going on there. Okay. Uh, Phil, what about Phil? <laughs> Second in the Masters. Turns 53 on Friday. Mm-hmm. U.S. Open is the only major he has not won. Six runners up. He would be the sixth guy to complete the career Grand Slam. How possible is it that Phil could kind of recreate that Masters magic? Very hard, very hard for me to see. It'd be a heck of a story considering – what's in the headlines now in golf with the merger and everything. But, um, but Phil's, uh, he, considering what the field is in, in his age, he'd have to have a heck of a start, I think, like the first two days to put himself in a good position on Saturday and Sunday. But I just don't see it. He just, I hate to describe people like this because I'm almost 40, but he's just too dang old. To compete with, to stay up with these younger guys, it, it'd be a heck of a story. Believe me, I'd, I'd, I'd hitch my wagon to it and hope it happens. But I just don't see it happening. It does feel like the, <clears throat> with everything going on, with the live and the the PGA, the fact that it's in LA near Hollywood, all of that, like the story is setting up, right? And Phil's always been kind of one of those guys when the story's set up, he thrives yeah the course will play a little bit like augusta in ways with the imagination around the greens the way it's uh kind of i'm not ruling it out now he's like 250 to one on the odds right but i wouldn't be shocked if you don't if he's not at least kind of hanging around hey do you remember who won last year <laughs> yeah who uh fitzpatrick you are correct Maybe. Matthew Fitzpatrick. I may have prepped for this show, Aaron. Way to go, Jared. <laughs> uh, so he he won the year before John Rahm won. So that means two straight years that an American did not win the U.S. Open. I'm gonna give you an, I'm gonna give you a chance to guess something here. I looked this up. I saw this today in a story. Since 1910, so 113 years. How many times do you think there's been a three-year drought of American winners of the U.S. Open? How many times? Yeah, how many times have the, has an American not been a, a winner? Three year, three, a three, three years drought. in a row. That's right. Uh, let's say three. How about one? One time. I knew it wasn't very much. 2004 through 2007, when you had Retief win at Shinnecock, Michael Campbell won at Pinehurst, Ogilvy won at Wingfoot, and Cabrera, Angel Cabrera won at Oak, uh, Oakmont. That's the only time that the U.S. Open has has had a three year drought of a non uh, of a three year drought of an American winner. 
this could be the second time if somebody outside the U.S. of A. were able to win the crown. Does that influence your pick any? No. Well, I didn't realize it influenced mine, but apparently it has. <laughs> no. It, give me some names. Uh, maybe not not who you're going to pick, but give me some names. You mentioned you like. Homa. I didn't realize that. And he was actually on, on the tip of my fingers when I wrote down my picks. Um, I really like that guy. I, I didn't realize he's had uh, some, a lot of success there. Um, you know, Hovland, you know, I, he's always, he always plays well, but you know, can he, he's kind of like the Denver Nuggets and majors just can't, can't break through, but they were like that, but obviously Denver just broke through. Can Hovland do that? So a couple guys right there I, I'd look at and maybe, um, 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 uh, Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood too. How about you, man? I would if if he would not have myth, well, withdrawn a couple of weeks ago. I would pick Colin Morikawa to win this thing. He played in on the twenty seventeen Walker Cup team. He was four and zero on this golf course in those matches. It's going to be kind of a mixture. You're gonna you're gonna see a lot of long iron slash woods hit yeah into a few holes. He seems like the guy. He, he just seems like a guy that hits those shots great. I mean, you think about him driving the green at Harding to win the PGA. You know, he just it feels like his long game is is fantastic. But with the back spasms and having to having to withdraw a couple weeks ago, that makes me nervous and nervous enough not to pick him. I wrote down Hovland as well, kind of outside, and then another guy, a Californian. Outside uh, that uh, is still looking for his first, and this would be a, a good spot to get it is, is Xander Shoffley, California guy. There, you know, it's just different playing golf out there mm-hmm. than in other places, and it seems like the Californians kind of they get it. So those are kind of some guys that I wrote down that I'm not going to pick. Betting favorites: Scheffler's the favorite at six to one, Rom and Brooks Kepka at nine to one. Victor and Rory at twelve to one. By the way, I didn't know this when you did. I did not look up betting favorites. Uh, Cantlay, that's another guy people like because he's a California dude. Sixteen to one. X is eighteen to one. Spieth and Homa twenty-two to one. Cam Smith twenty-five to one. Hatton at twenty-eight to one. DJ Tony Finau, defending champion, and Colin Morikawa thirty-five to one. All right, give me your top three in order. One, two, three, three, two, one. What do you want? Uh, three, two, one. Um, okay, I went with. Um, Scotty Scheffler there at Third. number three. Okay. I almost put Hovland there, but for the reasons I just mentioned, I can't. I got to see him break through before I start putting him in my top three. Uh, Kupka two and John Rom one, just for the fact they've had a lot of success and playing a high level uh, brand of golf right now. My dark horse is Ricky Fowler. Oh no way! That's yeah, fine too. Really, uh, California kid. He's playing really good too. He's trying to get back into that top twenty-five conversation. Maybe a good showing here can can get him closer to that. But what is he ranked? Like in the thirties or forties? I think he was like fifty, something lower. Yeah. But he, uh, I've seen a lot of other people pick him as a dark horse mm-hmm. or long shot or whatever you want to call it. But um, I can see him having having a good day over there in L.A. Yeah, or Ricky, a good round or or two. Ricky top twenty in eleven of his thirteen events this year, California kid. I, I, he he feels. I saw. This, I can't remember what the stat was, but 
guys that have done what he's done, he's like the only guy in the history of golf not to win a major and have the success, you know, then have success like he's had. It's just such an anomaly that he hasn't. I mean, he's my dark horse as well. He's trending the right way. California, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I almost wrote down Hovland was my last one out of the top three as well. I guess that's where I mean, I, I kind of what I had him as too. Yeah, I went with Jordan Spieth at third. Third, this course is going to play a little bit like Augusta, and Jordan Spieth is great at Augusta. The imagination, the, the all the shots, uh, and he's tied six or better. In his in uh, half of his last six uh, half or oh, wait wait yeah in half of his last twelve he's tied six or better so he's been he's been around it I I don't know how you can leave Brooks Kepka out I couldn't I, I can't I don't even have anything written down beside him other than just Brooks and I went with Scheffler one if you look at the stats he is dominating. First in scoring, first in strokes gain, first in strokes gain approach, first in greens and regulation. You know, what was it a couple of weeks ago? Was it at Colonial where he uh, strokes gain, tee to green? He beat everybody by, by like 11. But his putting has been an issue, obviously, because if he was putting just middle of the field good, he would have knocked a couple more tournaments down. I mean, there's been there's a couple of them, starting with Augusta, where he led the field in ball striking and was last in putting. I do know that it, he was fiddled with making a putter change. I think he's going to do that, see if that can kind of – but he just hits it so good and just has hit it so much better than everybody else. It's hard for me not to pick Scotty Scheffler because eventually you feel like he's going to make a few, and when he does, he may just dominate. It just yeah. blow everybody away with the way he's hitting it. So I, I've got Scheffler. Interesting. I didn't even think about three guys that I that are normally kind of picks for me in in these situations. I never even considered Rom, which is probably stupid. Any reason why he burnt me on the Masters? I never even thought about Rory. Well, there's no shame in that. Well, he's been around though. I mean, that's the whole thing. He's he, he's played pretty well except for those final rounds. And I actually never even considered JT, and he's always a guy that I think about. Yeah, with him, but I, I didn't. I just kind of had, I just kind of had Scheffler and Brooks, and then as I learned a little bit about the course, Spieth kind of came in. And like I said, if Morikawa wouldn't have had the back spasms, that just concerns me. Hmm. And maybe he's fine because he was who I was going to pick a couple weeks ago, but that makes me nervous, so I'm not going to pick Colin Morikawa. Who's everybody else got? Texas in, 225-9698. Who is your pick? Picks to win the U.S. Open starting tomorrow, L.A. Country Club. There is nothing better than the West Coast Major. Because, because you get be to watch, yeah, you get yeah. to watch golf till like 9 o'clock at That's night. That's right. That's exactly where I was going. Here. Yep. Hey, you think, man, what's going on? They're teeing off at four. Oh, yeah. For it's the just first time in like three months, I got nothing going on on a Saturday, Sunday. Perfection. <laughs> Pleased to be joined now by the head of the officials versus cancer. Got the golf tournament coming up on Friday. It is Mr. Leland Searcy. Leland, how are you this morning? I'm great. I'm great, Skinny. How's everything up, Skinny? Man, it's uh, green and wet and not like 
the Junes of the past couple of years, that's for sure. Been a great two months, hasn't it? Yeah, we, we were talking earlier. I cannot remember this many days in a row in western Oklahoma where the wind has not even really been a factor whatsoever. It's got to be like a month straight of days where the wind was negligible to maybe 10 mile an hour, possibly 15 gusts. It's, it's been incredible. Absolutely. It's been uh... – it's we'll take it right. I mean, we 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 don't ever forget the spring of two twenty twenty two where the wind blew every day for <laughs> fifty days. <laughs> so the uh, mother nature's given us a little help, giving us a little payback, giving us a little uh, reprieve from the wind. And boy, the moisture's been wonderful. I'm actually on number six fairway uh, at Bowling Springs Golf Course this morning, and I pulled over here to the side to talk to you guys. Oh, uh, yeah, par five. That's uh, an awesome hole. Yep. Uh, there, yep. I've heard that that place is incredible in great, great shape right now. It is. Uh, it's probably the best I've ever. I've seen. I've said this for the last three years. This golf course is the best. Best I've ever seen it in thirty years. I've been a member here. I said. I said it two years ago. I said it last year, and I'm gonna say it again this year. And Mother Nature helps, right? No doubt, and uh, you know, I know when I was talking when the state tournament was there a couple of summer or a couple of springs ago, I took out like fifty to a hundred thousand trees, opened it up a little yep. bit, and you, you see a whole bunch of different sand dunes that you didn't even know were there. Right? Yeah, you uh, you're seeing things now that you, you you was like, wow, I didn't know I didn't know this exists. But <laughs> when I play the there, the I day, find those sand dunes. <laughs> don't worry about it, Skinny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know they're there now, right? <laughs> so, uh, He's, he's uh, coach. Listen, Jeff Wagner has made it conducive for the twenty handicapper, the fifteen, and all the way down. You can go find your ball in the landing area, even if you hit it thirty yards in the rough. You can actually find your ball on eight out of ten of the holes. So it's really nice. It's it's been a blessing to Woodward, and uh, it's it's been it's been amazing to be a member here and uh, see this place be what we knew it could be. Absolutely. All right, we got the uh, golf tournament coming up at John Con- Conrad on Friday. Tell uh, for those folks that don't understand what you guys are doing, uh, give us a little background and what the Officials versus Cancer is. Officials versus Cancer raises money for pediatric cancer research, and all of our money is earmarked for research, and every dollar stays in our state. It is it is one hundred percent for research. And our, our goal is we're going to find a, a cure for every common type of pediatric cancer. Uh, this is something that I've never talked about on your show. And, and thanks for having me, by the way. And it's, it's amazing to come on here and share my, share my, uh, my, my foundation, my, uh, the reason what we're doing. So the reason, one of the reasons, one of many reasons we do this is statistics show in the last 20 years for every 285 kids born in Oklahoma before their 18th birthday, one one out of every 285 kids will be diagnosed with leukemia or cancer. And that's that's a pretty high rate for our state. And uh, we just want to treat that. We want to find a cure for it all. We want to make sure every kid is going to live a full life. And if we do that, if we do that, we'll uh, we'll 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 be successful when 100 percent of those kids are cured to walk in that place. And we're at about 80 percent right now. Yeah, and that's up from what when you guys started this? Uh, well, it, actually, not when we started, but in 2015, I went back to the. They only do update their records, you know, every two or three years okay. on on the. Uh, but it was 56 percent 
56 percent uh, of the kids uh, are, are cured in 2015. So that's two years before we started the foundation. But we're at 80, we're a little over 80 percent now, and and goodness, they're making headway. And you know, you would never think about uh, a, a cancer center. You know, they only have so many dollars earmarked for research, and so that's the reason we are marked ours for research is we wanted to make sure we're we're moving that number up all the time and in in, in six six or you know, about six years we've seen it grow 30 percent so we're gonna we're gonna go until we see 100 percent and then we'll restructure i'm sure this is one of your biggest fundraisers of the year and it feels like every time we talk to you about this golf tournament that you host it, it gets bigger and bigger so what's the response been like are, are you full do you need some more teams what's it what's the what's it been like so you know we started this uh three years ago this is our fourth this is our fourth golf tournament we've had we've had two at cimarron trails and cimarron or in perkins We've had one at the Golf Club of Edmond, and this will be our fourth, and it's at John Conrad. Uh, this is our major fundraiser. This is where we get the most dollars raised for for our for our foundation, and uh, we are. I can, you know, you know, you've watched the voice, and you hear you hear Blake Shelton say, "We, my team is full. Yeah, our tournament is full. Outstanding, so, great. It's amazing." John Conrad, I think this is a cool venue for it because, uh, for those that don't know, it's uh, underwent some renovations, hasn't been back open for very long. Um, I, I think this is fantastic uh, to get it kind of centrally located and on a course that just kind of got back open and is uh, has to be in great shape, I would guess. You know, I went down there last uh, last Thursday, and I met I met a guy from Channel Nine there. Mike Glover and he did a piece on our tournament and uh, we we toured the we took a cart and we toured the golf course just a quick mini tour uh quick front nine quick back nine oversee the holes they've done an amazing job there renovating that and they spent a lot of money there and and uh I, I think it's the perfect venue it's centrally located like you said and uh everybody and you know we've never filled this tournament up so so that tells me having it in the Oklahoma City area, where your population is the most, you know, it's it is the best is the best place. So we'll we'll keep it uh, we'll keep it in the keep it in the city area as long as we keep filling the tournament up. You know, that's that's the name of the game. So. All right. So outside of the tournament, I have a the, kind of a hot button issue, and, and I know that uh, okay. your basketball officiating days are over, and the football. What this is your last year, I think, uh, for football. Yeah. What do you think about the changes to the the free throw rules that are going to be instituted this year for basketball, uh, where each quarter you have uh, a five foul limit and then it's two shots after that? How, how do you think that's going to change the way the game flows and the way the game is played? Well, I, I tell you, I've thought about this a lot since that come out about a month ago, six weeks ago. I got an email because I'm still the coordinator of officials. For, for this part of the state. So I got an email, and uh, it was a unanimous decision they go to this. And their thought process, uh, I think, and I, it, I, I don't know this, their thought process is, is it'll cut down on free throws. But I think I, I, I've got mixed emotions about this, Kenny. I'm not going to lie. And, Jared, I'm going to tell you that the teams that are loaded, eight, nine deep, the ceiling girls, yeah. for instance, 
And I, Coach Hamer does a wonderful job there. Does this benefit? Does this benefit a team like his? He can just keep firing at you. And yeah, they're going to shoot free throws, but but uh, you know, I, I just I've got mixed feelings about it, Jared. Uh, Jared, what do you think about it? Tell me what your thoughts I'm are. I'm going to be real honest. This is the first I've heard about it. Oh, really? Can you explain this? To oh, me? really? Yeah, it's yeah. it's just like the NBA rule. Every yes. every quarter, the the limit is five fouls. Once right. you once you commit the fifth foul, it's automatic two shots. Sure. There's no one and one. One and ones are yeah. It's a double bonus immediately every quarter. So you have a five foul. So the one on one is all, all gone. One on one is completely yep. gone from the game. Yes. Wow, I just got dizzy. Wow. Okay. I'm afraid. So, so does this, I'm afraid does this the game's get longer. We're gonna. Is this thought process from this from the NFHS? Is it we're gonna teach kids to not as foul as much, or or what's their what's their? I don't know what their thought process was here doing this now. The women's college game is like this, I believe. Yes, if I'm it not is. mistaken. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, so uh, obviously, obviously, they've looked at the women's game at the college level, and they're getting good reviews, right? Or they wouldn't have done this. Yeah. The so, the, the things I saw were um, protecting from injury, which blocking out on yep. one and ones. You know, have to do it twice instead of once. Uh, yep. And, yep. and then speeding up the game. Was another thing yep. that I that I read from the NFHS. I am not so sure the speeding up the game actually happens. I'm not so sure it does either. Now, I will tell you this: they're they're all about speeding the game up. If you can, if you can give them an idea and it'll speed the game up 15 minutes. Yeah, they're all, they're going to be on it, and they'll research it. But I'm like you; I don't know if this is going to speed the game up. I mean, tell me this: if we're shooting a one and one and they miss, yeah. That's exactly. The game picks up faster. If you shoot the first thing they make, is it slow it down? Yeah, I think it does. So I don't know. I don't know what they're. Uh, I don't know what they're looking for here. Uh, but we'll see. We will see. So yeah, I can't. I they're can't making wait. changes. They're making changes. Uh, they're making changes in foot. There's a change in the football mechanics. We just got out of a meeting last Friday in Oklahoma City, and the football mechanic has changed for the umpire. He is now. It's not mandatory this year, but it's going to be mandatory in 2024. Put your umpire beside the referee, just like the NFL does. No umpire in the backfield and the defensive backfield. Uh-huh. And the umpire, he, he's responsible for the left side of the line. The referee's responsible for the right side of the line and, and the quarterback. So that'll be interesting to see how many crews actually go to that this year. And how many wait till they that they have to go to that? So how it'll be interesting to see. What What are your thoughts as far as your crew? Uh, what's the benefits or, or the negatives uh, to having having that umpire right beside you, uh, looking okay. from the same angle? So I went to a, a clinic last Friday night, Friday evening from it was from four thirty to nine thirty, and. Uh, we had two NFL officials there from Oklahoma, Jared Phillips and Clay Martin. Clay's a white hat. <clears throat> he's, a, he's a basketball coach from Jinx that everybody sees on TV. Done a wonderful job of, of presenting the information. The NFL has been had, had their umpire back there for multiple years. And he gave us every look from every angle. If you can imagine the game being viewed – those those NFL officials get seven different angles of the game. So you can imagine seven different camera angles. And they're convinced, and they convinced me, 
a 30-year football official, they convinced me that this is a good move, and I really like it. I, they sold me on it. So uh, the umpire is not going to get rolled up. Yeah, there's been in Oklahoma alone. There's been there's been 15 career-ending leg injuries to umpires in the last 10 years. So that in itself tells me the game is faster. The kids are stronger. We all know that. So let's get out of their way and let them go. And so the umpire moves back here with me in the backfield. We're not, we're not. And another thing is the, the tight end's not going to be, he's not going to be able to run a pick off the umpire mm-hmm. right behind the defense. So I think it's a good thing. I really do. I think it's a good thing. So <laughs> I'm anxious to put it to work. I'll just say that. And we go, we start, you know, we're going to work a scrimmage in Enid. And then we start our game one is Kingfisher and Clinton week zero. So, I'm I'm anxious to get this on the field in our in our in our preseason and and play with it and and just work the kinks out. But but yeah, we're going to catch some we're going to catch some negative vibes from some some of the coaches. Some of the coaches are going to accept it. Uh, if I was the coach, I'd be like, hey, he's out of our way. Let's go. Yeah, so. I think that's a great point about using the, the as a pick yeah, because you see that all the time trying to run the defender yeah. into uh, the umpire and. Uh, it's right. not really all that safe for the for the guy that's what sitting there trying game? to officiate no. the game anyway. Hey, we yeah, we it? saw one that hey, it was actually the back judge though, where the yeah. where the, they ran a post pattern and it hit him in the head. The, um, it was, oh really? Was it the playoff game? Was the, it Newcastle? The football hit him in the head. Yeah, the football hit him in the head. The, um, yeah, as he was trying to get back. Yeah, they were trying to literally he was, use him. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I think it might have been that Newcastle game in the playoffs where that happened. Uh, but anyhow, so I'm just going to say one thing about my back judge. My back judge. It's going to stay, you know, they, they recommend you to be 18 to 23. Mm-hmm. The games we referee, seems like we have a lot of deep balls thrown. We have eight to ten of all games going back on the last five years. We have eight to ten deep balls over the middle thrown a game. So I back my back judge up five, six, seven more steps, 24 to 26 yards, and he's never going to get a ball hit off the top of his head. <laughs> right, yeah. He's going to be he's going to be clear of all the action, and and that's we should be clear of all the action. We don't want to be a part of it. So if we infringe on one play, then it's taken away from the offense, and that's the last thing we want to do as, as, a, as a football crew. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I think this is a great move uh, just to get oh yeah two on the sidelines, one two behind the offense, one clear back behind the defense, and yep. uh, let the twenty two in the middle go play. Uh, as, as well as they possibly can. All right, Leland, yep. the, the golf tournament's full, but how else, uh, if people can't get to, to uh, John Conrad on Friday, how can people get a part uh, of the Officials versus Cancer and donate some money for the pediatric cancer research? First of all, first of all, the easiest way to donate, and this is what we do. I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever said this on, this, on, your, on your station. We don't ask for $100, $200, $300. We ask for, if we could get, a thousand people to give twenty dollars. A thousand people to give twenty dollars a piece. That's our goal. We want a thousand donations of twenty dollars. So if you want to send your twenty dollar donation in through Venmo, write this down. When you go on to Venmo, it's going to ask you what you want to donate. Twenty bucks. What access code is it? It's OK Officials BS Cancer. That's the, that's the access code to our account. If you do that, you put $20 in there, you're going to make a difference. We're making the difference. Now, 
I'm not going to take full credit from the 50 to 80 percent. Everybody that helps should take a little bit of credit for this. So we're going to donate twenty dollars. Get get people to donate twenty dollars a year, and uh, and if we could get a thousand people to donate twenty dollars, I mean, do the math, right? Mm-hmm. And this is even what's better. I'm, I don't know if I've even said this to you. We have a matching donor. I was on the Sports Animal with Mark Rogers two years ago, and at eleven thirty, and I was on the Sports Animal with Jim Traber at two thirty. And Jim's our spokesperson. He's cut some videos for us, and he's at some of our events. We we talked about what we're doing, and a, and a guy heard us on the radio talking. He called he he called the children's hospital the next morning. Set up an appointment and went down there and said, everything they do for the next five years, I'm going to match. He's, he's a, he's a, an, he's, he's, nobody knows who he is, but he called and he went down there and he made a deal. He wrote on, he signed a contract and said, if we lay freeways 10,000, he'll, he'll donate 10,000 to match it. So, gosh, if you didn't donate $20, that's 40 bucks. Absolutely. So yeah. Do the math there, right? Absolutely. So, OK Officials vs. Cancer on Venmo. Uh, just on 20, Venmo. On Venmo. Yeah. $20 donation. And like you said, it's essentially 40 because of the uh, the uh, uh, the match donor. that's there. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Man, thank we you. Have that match, we, we have that matching donor for this year and two more years. And two He's more. He's a five-year contract. Yeah. Okay. So, Man, that's great I stuff. i to blow this thing out of the water and, and get that number to 100%. And, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna we adopted a new a new slogan for for the next for next year, and we'll have we'll have t-shirts made up for it in the coming year because our fiscal year runs from July one mm-hmm. to June thirty every year, and the name of that logo <clears throat> is Second Chance Kids. Oh, so we're giving good. all these kids a second chance at life. That's very good. So. That's 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 awesome stuff, man. Glad the golf tournament is full. I uh, hate that we can't be there uh, because I was looking forward to playing with Jeremy, but it just didn't work out this you time. Do you, we'll, we'll do. Do you it. need a house? Do you really need a house? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if I do, but I'm afraid my wife would say yes. She's going to trust you. Yeah, I think I could make it all right without it, but I'm not so sure of her. And of course, Wyatt. I mean, good grief, uh, he's so yeah. soft. He needs to, he needs a roof over his head too. So uh, it's just one of those things. I hate it came up when it did, but. Uh, we'll, I'm, we'll I'm, make not buying, I'm not buying any of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Leland, thanks so much. Congrats on the success of the golf tournament. It's going to be a great day on Friday for uh, Cancer Research for Children. Hey, I appreciate all you guys, Jared and Skinny, you guys, uh, for, for having me on. Let me let me talk about this. It's very important that we get get something done on this. And we're moving in the right direction. And I just appreciate, I appreciate uh, you guys letting me come on your platform and and talk about it, and you know, every dollar makes a difference. Absolutely, yeah. anytime, and can't wait to see you a couple times during the football season out there uh, yeah. uh, with the Elk City games that you guys are going to have. You bet. You guys have a good summer, and, and we'll be in touch. Absolutely, thank you, Leland. Bye. It's Leland Searcy, officials versus cancer. Uh, it's, man, what a great thing! I'm Absolutely. so glad that tournament got full. And yeah. it's just going to continue to, to build and build. It's yeah. a really, really good stuff. I'm going to put that donate info on our Facebook okay. page. Uh, it's real easy. Again, if you have Venmo, it's the easiest way to swap money around uh, at OK Officials versus Cancer. We'll put all that on our Facebook page for, if someone wants to donate. Absolutely. We'll have it set up there. SEC schedule release coming up at 6 o'clock tonight on the SEC Network. I mentioned earlier uh, Peter Burns, SEC Network ESPN guy. You hear him right here on the on these airways on Sunday. 
um, discussing uh, the, the schedule release that every all, all the 14 current members of the SEC will play either OU or Texas in the first year in 2024. That's not necessarily surprising news, but it just yeah. you know there's not going to be anybody that misses one of those two teams from the current SEC. So having said that, and I've, I'm cheating just a little bit because Chip Brown is pretty plugged in down in Austin. Uh, he tweeted out just a few minutes ago that his sources are saying that the first SEC game for the Longhorns of Texas will be at home against Georgia. Are, are they going to do this like the NFL? Like you're going to slowly start seeing leaks of big games, teasing it. You know they do that throughout the day, which is brilliant. I mean, follow the NFL model. It's been really, really good. Well, it, if that's true, it totally uh, trumps what I had written down as possible first opponents for teams, or for Texas anyways. So what do you got? Do Actually, you, it doesn't say the first. They it <clears> says, Texas has come to Georgia. Georgia's going to Texas. It that would be a game, but not the first game. Okay. Yes. So that, that's, that's okay. That makes more sense because I don't think the, the first game would be as big. Okay, I so, think any SEC team coming to Norman or Austin is going to be a big deal as a first official SEC game. Well, think about – do you remember who went to A&M? Yeah, it was Florida. <clears throat> Florida. Yeah. Big time. I mean, that's a yeah, that, big they were, time. And Florida was good. They were pretty good then. It was right after Tebow, I think. Yeah, like 2012. It was something right after Tebow year. <coughs> Tebow. 2011. 2011 or 20, 2011, I think. Yeah. And Florida beat him. <coughs> Florida did beat him. Well, A&M – Loses to a lot of people, so that's not saying much. Okay, but. so who do you think will be the first SEC opponent for Oklahoma? I, okay, who and where? I, now, I I went. I this is my thought process through this was they had to cancel <laughs> the Georgia non-conference series because OU is obviously going to the SEC. So I my conventional wisdom like, oh, okay, they'll just put Georgia there. Like, oh, well, pump the brakes. Georgia may come to Norman. Or Austin, but not the first game. I think the SEC will make give OU and Texas a warm welcome and give them layups for their first SEC game, and it will be in their home stadium. So I think it'll be. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm grasping at straws, but when I say layup, I think it'll be somebody like Mississippi State coming to Norman, and I think it'll be like Vanderbilt going to. Texas. Gosh, I don't. I don't want it to be that, <clears throat> but I think they're going to make a big, you know, SEC reveal on the field <clears throat> logo and make it a big deal. Here's the first SEC game, and and then it'll be big wins. Like, look, those two teams belong here. They win big. Yes. I'm like, yeah, well, you gave them Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. So I think it'll be somebody like that. But you think it'll be more formidable opponents? Absolutely. Okay. What do you got? I think the first... Texas game is going to be Arkansas. Okay. Old Southwest Conference rival Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And I think the first Sooner game is going to be Florida. And here's why. I think they'll both host because I think those are going – I don't think the eight-game schedule lasts. I think it goes to nine. Mm-hmm. And I think that those are going to be permanent rivals for both schools. 
I think UT is going to get Arkansas, OU, and A&M. And I think OU is going to get Texas, Florida, and Missouri. As their perm- you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think they want uh, I think the idea would be to get those rivalries kickstarted, you know, as as fast as possible. So that's what I think it'll be. I think Texas will host Arkansas and I think OU will host Florida. Now, looking down the schedule after that, I think Texas obviously we're, we're seeing that Texas is probably going to get Georgia. I think that means Oklahoma gets Alabama. I I think a lot of people hope OU gets Arkansas. I don't think they're going to. Not the first year. Not the first year. I think it's the Texas Arkansas rivalry is a bigger deal. I also don't think OU's going to get A and M because I think Texas is going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you're I, probably looking at like Florida, Bama, Mizzou, one of the Mississippi's. Tennessee or South Carolina, probably Tennessee. I, you know, I think that's kind of when you start looking at the the you know you know Texas is there, obviously. I, but I, for me, I think that's what it's, what it's going to be. I think you're going to get Florida at OU, okay. and I think you get Arkansas at Texas for the very first SEC game. Here's a question for you as an OU fan: What are the top three places? that you want to go to see Oklahoma play? Uh, top three for me would be in any order. Do I have to give you top a, three. That number one? Oh, yeah. Number one, Oxford, right? That's the Grove. Yeah, One million percent right. the right answer. That's an easy one. Number two, uh, Baton Rouge at night. Ooh, you went there. Yeah, I want to go there. You went there. I want to go to Death Valley. Yeah, yeah. And number three, it's a little odd one, but I've never – Maybe I can make a vacation out of it, but South Carolina. See, I wrote down South Carolina. How and, far are they from Myrtle Beach? And scratched I mean, you know. it out. <laughs> you know, another uh, the the game. A lot of good golf over there. The game wouldn't be interesting, more than likely, or you hope to. As an, I hope it wouldn't, but as, as an OU fan, but one of the places I want to go more than any other in this country is Nashville. Oh, yeah, yeah, Vanderbilt, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I yes, yeah, I can see that. I went Ole Miss one. I went Tennessee two. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then I, I had South Carolina, I had Vandy, and I scratched it out and said, you know what, what the heck, let's go to Bama. Yeah, I went with schools I was, that OU hasn't been to yeah. since 2000. Does it make sense? Yeah, like They've does. been to Tennessee, they've been to mm-hmm. Alabama. Yeah, different trips. But yeah. I didn't make any of those, so I don't care. Maybe the Swamp, maybe. Maybe between the Hedges and Georgia. I mean, See, a lot. This is why the SEC is going to be fun. Every, every road game you're going to go, whoa, that's cool, I want to be there. I mean, outside of Missouri, even, even Vanderbilt, right? And Missouri well, was pretty Missouri cool. Missouri was cool. I mean, that's a. Columbia I've been to a, a game cool, at Missouri. I've, cool, cool area up there. But it's it's like oh, it's just oh, now I remember. That's how it was. They were in the Big Twelve. Like this, like we're talking like brand new, never been to. We've always seen it on CBS in the afternoon. SEC country. Where do we want to go? And there's a lot to answer. There's a lot you can plug in there. I, I mean, even I, with the bad schools, there's the, a lot to plug in there. The Grove is the obvious answer. And honestly, number two is LSU, or maybe maybe those are the top two. In whatever order you want to go, as long as you can stomach what's yeah, LSU is all about. Like maybe not wear your OU shirt, but be there. It <laughs> <laughs> might be a good idea. Is uh. anybody that I know that went to New Orleans in '03 absolutely will not step foot at in Baton Rouge or, or claim they won't? But I think it's also something that you have to experience. Yeah. 
Well, the real number one answer is the Cotton Bowl. But that doesn't really pertain to the question. Yeah. It's road trips. No love for for College Station. And to see their band and their cult. I mean, this may be an unpopular opinion. Maybe go on a Friday night with their yell practice and laugh at them. This may be an unpopular opinion. But that is, to me, the worst thing about joining the SEC. <laughs> getting getting back. back with AM. and <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, Wes. Don't, I hope <laughs> Bethany isn't mad at me over this. <laughs> but, yeah. The milkmen are back. Uh, I can't wait. The uh, milkmen and the, the fake for, swords. For the yell, for the midnight yell practices and how those went viral on more than one occasion last year. Just how silly how it was. How cringy, cringy it was, man. Yeah. I mean, what's worse? Midnight yell with the milkmen <clears throat> or grown dudes with a pig on their head? With Arkansas. Oh, it's the milkman. It's got to be. Leaps and bounds. Milkmen and fake swords abound. I think uh, I laugh at A&M. I, I said it. I laugh at A&M and their quote-unquote traditions. I think Woo Pig Suey's cool. I think that would be fun to hear in a stadium. Right? Yeah, Northwest Arkansas is a nice place. It is. It is. In the country. There is. It is. Very nice place. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. We'll talk about it tomorrow. US Open will start tomorrow. Good stuff. Thank you to Leland. Once again, on our Facebook page, we got that uh, Venmo. We'll get that info out there, yes. For the officials versus cancer. It's really cool that they got that golf tournament filled. You know, it's something That's we've great. been trying to do for the last couple of years. Yeah. Got it done this year. Everybody have a great Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. It's been the Skinny on Sports right here on the Esports Animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is flustered to 